Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast, the roundtable edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And I've got two of my favorite people with me. These are dear friends of mine, and they have been previous solo guests on the Intentional Encourager podcast. But we decided to bring them together for a little Intentional Encourager roundtable. Brittany Baldwin is the founder and CEO of TikTok Sales. She's also written a book, Database to Dollars. And my good buddy, David Massover, the host of the Driving B2B Revenue Podcast and the and the pod and the host of the CEO Sales Insights Podcast. Dave's new more podcasts than I am, but you can find them both on LinkedIn. David Massover is M-A-S-O-V-E-R. Brittany Baldwin, B-A-L-D-W-I-N, but you can find them here right now on the Intentional Encourager Podcast. David, Brittany, how are you guys today? I'm well, thank you. It's actually tomorrow for you Americans. Uh, I'm here in Australia. It's early in the morning. And uh, you know what? I just, I love being around your energy, Brian. So thank you so much for having me. What a great new segment you've come up with. Well, you know, again, it's the blind squirrel theory in full effect, Brittany. And Dave, Dave can, can attest to that, living in the States for all these years. But I'm just grateful to have the two of you together. Um Brittany, since you went ahead and spoke first, I'll, I'll turn the floor to David for, for the first question. David, you, you, you both have a different approach, so I'll ask you both the same question. Take me what through the last year has been like, because we talked about, you guys were both on the Intentional Encourager podcast early in the pandemic when, when we were trying to figure our way through this. Now we're a year into this thing. I want to hear what the last year has been like for both of you in your business and personal lives around what we've been dealing with, with the pandemic. Dave, I'll start with you. So, so you're asking about me and my business or my client's business? Either one, man. You, okay. Yeah. All know, right. I, I try to give you the floor, take it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a podcast host. I just have lots of questions. So I'm going to try and turn this back on you. But in the meantime, <laughs> let me try and answer the question and see if I can, you know, be a normal guest for, a, for at least a couple of minutes. You know, it's, there's no question COVID's horrible, right? Full stop. And and there's a lot of people suffering from it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's scary in an awful lot of ways. I think it's also tested us uh, collectively, individually. Um, I, I know that uh, for, for many of my clients, uh, just to start there, um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of categories of businesses that just, uh, there, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do, but there are many businesses that found a way to pivot. Q uh, Q2 last year was 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 a disaster because nobody knew what was coming, nobody knew what was happening. But as Q3 moved into Q4, a lot of clients were, or, or a lot of companies, and certainly a lot of my clients were like, "Okay, it, it's a it's a new reality. What can we do different? How can we pivot? How can we make this work?" And there's been an awful lot of creativity that I think has come out of this, and and. Uh, you know, the cloud is pretty gray, but I think that's a very significant silver lining. And I think there's a lot of people who can feel good about the way that they have, they have faced this adversity. 
Brittany, what what are you seeing down in Australia? Because again, David's in Hungary and 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 working with a lot of United States clients as well. But Brittany, what are you seeing in Australia? Because it hit you guys first, and then the rest of the world kind of caught up with with what was happening in Australia. You know, it's really interesting because we did have it very early on, but we also put a lid on it quite quickly too. So our experience with COVID has been significantly different to places uh, in Europe and America as well. So it was much more short-lived. That's not to say we didn't have the, the effects of it, but it hasn't lingered as long as it has. So we've effectively eradicated COVID in Australia as of this moment. So as far as business goes, for me personally, it was, uh, I, I set myself 20 goals for 2020. Number one was to write a book. So when we went into lockdown and there was uh, no going out, no uh, visiting clients, that was the perfect, I suppose, sign from the universe that you have to stay indoors, locked up and write that book. So I did get that out. And that was, uh, was, was a huge achievement for me, which I've been able to roll out to, uh, to the people who, uh, you know, wanted to learn about selling. But uh, from a business perspective, there's so much uncertainty in the world and there's so much concern and i'm seeing it from from the people who are trying to sell they are feeling the challenge of pushing their product or their service on vulnerable people so we've had to really reframe how we think about selling and recognize that we have a product or service that is valuable that is enhancing people's lives or businesses and really coming to the forefront of what can we provide how can we serve our customers rather than sell to our customers and i think this period of change that david mentioned is so exciting because We've had to reinvent business or the way in which we're thinking about doing business with our customers. So in the next 12 months, I'm really looking forward to the rise and rise of digital and the way we connect with people as well. But I'm finding on the whole, people are uh, had lost business on one hand, but regained it on another hand because they've had to adapt and, uh, and change their strategies and change their approach. So yes, there have been people who have been completely impacted and that is is virtually unavoidable in those industries but on the whole i'm actually quite positive about the outlook particularly in australia where it's virtually business as usual now but uh, i think i think worldwide there's there's a lot to learn from what we've been through Brittany, david i'll ask you guys this and, and Brittany, i'll come back to you and ask you this and then david i'll get your perspective as well too what did you guys learn about your sales processes or what was that kind of an aha moment about sales that maybe you'd forgotten, maybe you hadn't thought of in a while that really came back to the forefront in this thing? Because I, Brittany, I love what you said there a minute ago about pushing product versus providing value or pushing versus pulling a customer in to where you are and, and what you're providing to the market. Did you have one of those V8 moments, like we would say in the States, where it's like, I forgot about that part of sales, or I'm glad someone reminded me about this in sales? I think we always get so caught up in business that uh, that we forget the human connectivity side of things. And when people were in lockdown and well, are currently still in lockdown, uh, I found that a lot of people are lonely and a lot of people are so craving conversation. And I think that's probably the shift that we're so 
comfortable in our business. We're so reliant upon things like emails or social media that that human connection has become so powerful. And now we're really wanting to have more conversations where we want to see people in person, which in the world is still uh, impossible in some places. So uh, the, the idea of going back and doing live events, for example, or even simple things like networking has, has really allowed us, I suppose, to uh, find ourselves again in that respect. So I think we have taken for granted what we've had in the past and our ability to, to connect with people. So for me, it's all about being on the phone, being on Zoom, uh, being in person now, obviously, but to recognize the role that that plays in your business it's time consuming, of course, but it has so much more of an impact on the customers. And at the end of the day, your ability to convert with them because they feel a, a, a better connection with you and they're building that, that knowledge, that, that no like trust type scenario. So I think conversations with people is probably the most underrated uh, method of doing business now that really was swept under the rug before all of COVID happened. David, take that, take that same question. And I, I want to get your insights on that now as well. Yeah, I, I think, I think Brittany really hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I think what really jumped out at me in the last year uh, for myself personally, for many of my clients, for, for the communities I participate in, in LinkedIn were things like community and network and conversation. And yeah, I, I think there is this pressure to like, go, 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 sell, 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 convert, convert, convert. And obviously the job is sales, uh, whether you're in business or whether you're actually a salesperson or a sales leader, uh, you know, you're measured by the amount of revenue that you bring in. But you know, what's so often missing is how do we get there and, and who do we get there with? And I think those things have really been brought to the forefront in, in kind of an indirect way that, that's really appealing. There, there's a power of community. There's a power of relationships. There's a power of just, just helping people out because, hey, everybody's going through some shifts and some changes. And at the end of the day, people buy from people. People like to work with people and remembering that, hey, we're all people. Uh, I think it's been pretty refreshing. I, I think it's it's a positive change that that's uh, come about because of the circumstance that we're all sharing together. And I'd like to think some of that's going to last. I think I've heard people buy from people somewhere before. I I, I don't. No, I, don't, I made that up, man. It's it's, it's copyrighted, I, I, I trademarked. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. That's know. mine. I, I don't know where we might have heard about that before <laughs> or, or something like that. Hey, shameless plug. You got it. You got to get one in where you can. I mean, well, Brittany talked about writing a book and, and I'm sure somewhere brewing in David's brilliant mind is a book coming. I got nothing going on. Yeah. David I got nothing going well, on. Well, listen, Brittany's, Brittany's book looks, you know, when you've got her kind of face and, and personality, her book looks way better than mine. Even, you know, I, I, it's hard to, it's like, for me, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, David. I mean, you know, here, you, you know, you just work with what you work with, but. A but, very, very lovely pig. Well, <laughs> please. <laughs> no, no, we're all friends. And, and, and that's why I love having these two together. And it, it's a thrill having them together. I got one more. I got a question, David, I want to go here with you. If you could jump back a year and have a conversation with yourself then. What's the one piece of advice you'd tell yourself if you could go back to February of 2020 before all this stuff hit 
and and you could sit down and have a cup of coffee with with 2020 David. What's the one thing you would tell him or a piece of advice to to get him through to now? I, I love the question. Haven't really thought about it. The thing that popped into my head, it doesn't feel like it's a very nice answer, but I think it's true that, you know, it, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. Not that much is going to change, you know, because I think that what happened in, in February and March and April was, listen, I, n- nothing like this has happened in my lifetime. And I think a lot of people are feeling that and, and you're shocked and you don't know what's going to happen. And there's tremendous uncertainty and there's tremendous anxiety. And for a lot of good reasons, a lot of good reasons. But, you know, looking back a year from now, I'm thinking business is pretty good. And, you know, things are going the way that they were going before. And I'm doing pretty much the same things as I was doing. And so if I, if I could just whisper in the ear of myself a year ago, I would just say, listen, man, you're, you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, know that what you've got is good stuff. And, and I don't think that's just about David Masterover. I think all of us need to kind of embrace this idea that just keep doing what you're doing, believe in yourself and keep going. And, uh, you know, there has been some adversity, but stiff upper lip and carry on. Brittany, what would you have told yourself if you could sit down and have a cup of coffee with Brittany Baldwin in February of 2020? What would you have told yourself? Well, first of all, Brittany Baldwin would have a cup of hot chocolate. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in my boss lady mug. But um, look, I think it's all about understanding perspective. And we have so much to be grateful for. Okay. And like David touched on, business is one element of our lives. And I think it's come to the forefront of how important the other aspects are too. Our health, our wellness, our family, our our um our freedom even, uh, you know, we were, we were locked in our houses for quite some time, but uh, rightly so in my opinion, but um, the, the lesson or the, the message that I would share with myself is to not be too hard on myself because we are all working to, particularly salespeople, we have high standards, we set high goals, we are always striving to achieve them and when we reach it, we've always got the next one in place and there's, there's like a, a boundless uh, target that that we, that it's never ending and never achieving in my opinion. Uh, so I think we should recognize that a lot of this pressure we put on ourselves and, um, and, and it's important to embrace and recognize the, the results that we have achieved and the, the effort that we have made and the steps that have been taken to get to this point. So I suppose a little bit of self-reflection and self-patting on the back even to say, you've got this, you've done well, you're going forward, momentum is happening for you and stop to smell the roses a little bit along the way because it is a journey, it is life, it's a roller coaster and all of those sorts of things. But if you're not appreciating the good times, then that just makes the hard times even worse and so much harder to deal with. So I say, uh, I say a little bit of self-reward, uh, but, but it, it ultimately comes from within you, good and bad. I love it. I love it. Let's step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, I want to dive into what one thing entrepreneurs don't know about salespeople. And these two are entrepreneurs and salespeople. So we're going to dive into that. I'm here on the Intentional Encourager podcast roundtable edition with my friends David Massover and Brittany Baldwin back in just a moment here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. I want you guys to put on your hat, your entrepreneurial hats for a minute, because here's where I want to go with the next piece of our conversation. I think a lot of entrepreneurs that that are in business, whether they're selling products digitally, whether they're selling products in a physical space, whatever they're doing, they look at sales and they kind of say to themselves, I'm not a salesperson. And it's almost like a badge of honor. And, and I, I know some of those people and have seen it. And they're like, well, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a, I am an entrepreneur. I'm not a salesperson. Brittany, I want to go here. I want to ask you this question. And David, I want to get your perspective on it as well. You guys are both entrepreneurs. You have strong backgrounds in sales. What is the one thing that entrepreneurs don't know about salespeople? Great question. And it's really interesting seeing that shift uh, and, and understanding what the role I've had my hot are. tea today. I did not drink hot chocolate, but I've had my hot tea, which is <laughs> which has stimulated my mind. So it's it's probably a good thing that I'm asking halfway decent questions, but, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm impressed with your questions. Good questions. Uh, and so relevant to the market as well. Look, I think we don't want to associate ourselves with being or entrepreneurs in particular, don't want to be called salespeople because the stigma of what salespeople were like many decades ago still remains so when we hear the word sales we're automatically thinking the used car salesman the the, the vacuum demonstrating uh cheap suit wearing over promising under delivering deceitful manipulative that type of approach is how people view the word sales and salesperson in general they don't want to align themselves with that but the fact is if they don't like that association with sales, then my recognize or recognition of that is that if they don't like it, then they're not going to be it. Okay. So first of all, we need to reframe and shift our thinking about what the word sales means. But it's interesting because I put a post out on social media, you know, one of those ones you just throw out there and think nothing of it. And then it gains a little bit of momentum. And the post said something along the lines of, um, Sales is the top line on all income statements in every company, no matter where you are in the world. Just a picture of that. And I wrote, share your thoughts. Like it was so simple, a throwaway type question. And there was so much angst that sales wasn't the most important thing. Profits, the most important thing. Cost of goods sold is the most important thing. Your relationship with your customers, the most important thing. And I sort of had to turn around and say, I didn't say sales is the most important. I said, sales sits at the top. 
it's internationally <laughs> recognized as the top line. And without sales, you're not going to achieve profit. You're not going to achieve a, a good rate of return or you're not going to achieve better relationships with customers, whatever that is, right? So I think we need to understand the role that sales plays in a business, first and foremost, okay? And then say that we need to engage a team as part of that. What don't we know about salespeople? Oh gosh, if we don't know that we're highly competitive. Um, <laughs> uh, to me though, I think it's attitude, not aptitude. To, to finish up, if you have the right attitude, you can train people, teach people, uh, you're, you're going to move them in the right direction. But if, if they have a poor attitude, in my opinion, you can't change that. Once, once, once like that, always like that, it's very hard to transform them into better people or people who are going to change or people who are going to achieve better results for your business. So I'd rather have someone enthusiastic than, um, than somebody who's particularly skilled in that area that doesn't quite align with my business. Dave, I, I know you've got thoughts around that. Just, just take the same question, take whatever thoughts you want to piggyback off of what Brittany just said, because uh, I, I'd love your perspective and insight here. No, Brittany said everything I was going to say, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, but, but I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head though, because uh, I, I think many, many entrepreneurs and many other categories of non-salespeople look at sales like they look at most other types of work, which is there's a skill set. When you're an accountant, there's a certain set of skills that you need to apply. When you're an engineer, there's a certain set of skills you need to apply, et cetera, et cetera. But sales, I mean, obviously it's not the only role where this applies, but in sales in particular, mindset is huge. Uh, if you had to choose, like, like, as Brittany said, if you had to choose between somebody with skill set and mindset, there are certainly going to be circumstances where skill set is really important. But in the vast majority of selling situations, if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to go with mindset and believe that I can teach the rest. And I think that for an entrepreneur to embrace that and what it really means, which is, which is. I can't just hire somebody because they they had the right uh, the the right job is the last job on their on their resume or their CV. Or I can't just uh, throw a playbook at somebody and expect them to kind of figure it out. Uh, you know, when you start to embrace, what does it mean that mindset is important in sales? And you you start getting into things like, is my culture supportive? of sales or do I have a, a negative sales culture in my company? Uh, you know, are we providing salespeople the kind of coaching and motivation and accountability and support and tools and frameworks that are going to make them more successful as they apply the skills that we, that we hope they have and that we, we try to enhance. So this balance between skill set and mindset, I think is, is a big black box for a lot of non-salespeople. And, and it's one that can get you into trouble pretty quickly if you don't realize that both are important and both need to be addressed if you wanna try and build a, a successful sales team and a, and a successful sales culture. Dave, I, I'd love that because again, I love what you said about throwing a sales playbook at somebody. It's almost like, here's the Great. way we sell. Yeah, Brittany, it's like, this is the way we sell 
do it the way we're going to teach you to do it. And then you'll have all this great success and we can just carbon copy the process without, un without taking someone's personality into it or taking their acumen into it. Or somebody could be really good at the technical stuff and really terrible at the people stuff or vice versa, be really good at the people stuff. And, and when you, you ask them a technical question, they go bleh, 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 like, yeah, I have no idea how to figure that out. And, and so, and I've seen both sides of it. And I love what you said there about the playbook. I, I got to ask you both this. Why do you think the sales playbook is still in play in a lot of organizations when it's obvious the playbook needs to be thrown out? Um, I, I, I don't know that the playbook needs to be thrown out. I think a, a well-done playbook can be very valuable. It just can't be the only thing, you know, hmm. it just can't be the only thing. I mean, having, having a process, having uh, messaging, having uh, cadences, clearly identifying your target market. I think these things are important. And, and I think that if a company has success, then a vehicle through which to capture what has been successful and to share that with the team in whatever form, playbook, something else, anything else. I think that's valuable. It just can't yeah. be the only thing. Yeah. I love that. Brittany, I, I know you've got some thoughts around that. And, and Dave, maybe I, I didn't ask the question. I like the pushback there. I appreciate you pushing back there. Brittany, I know you've got some thoughts around that. I like the playbook too. You know, when you mentioned those accountants, I'm one of those people. I started my career as an accountant. So I like order. I like system. I like process. It's not sexy, but that works for me. And I think, um, and I think what's, what's really important that we, we did mention earlier is it comes down to the type of person that you're going to implement this with. Okay. There are people who are never going to follow a script ever, 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 because it just doesn't sit right with them. Others are going to stick to it meticulously. Um, but the, the reality is no matter how prepared we are, no matter what script or what playbook or what steps we're following, our customers aren't. They haven't been given the guide that they need to follow what we tell them to do. So it's about being flexible in your approach. So always go out prepared, always have the, the outcome in mind, always know what steps you're going to follow, but realize that sometimes that needs to be jumbled because our customer is, is, uh, is, is working on a different uh, journey or a different direction to us. So I like, I like processes. I teach processes because I'm one of those people who's not a naturally born salesperson. I went into sales with no experience whatsoever, which, you know, Brian, we've spoken about this. Yep. How yeah. did I turn that around? How did I sell 115 million in three years? System steps, processes. I was one of those people who took bits and people, bits and pieces from people, podcasts, books. I learned from the people around me and I found what I liked and I found what I didn't like objections. I went nowhere near them because that just was like way over my head. So I didn't, I didn't study objections because I didn't want to have to deal with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's about piecing together your own approach to selling but using that like david said in a combination with what's worked in the past what the, the the company outlines are what the customers putting on top of you and adapting to that so structure but flexible no, I really like what you said about the uh, uh, about the customer not having the playbook one of the things that we did as a family this year was was we got a dog 
And before we got the dog, uh, you know, my son, my seven-year-old son, he's looking at YouTube videos and we're buying the books and, and, you know, we learned all we needed to know to train this puppy to be the perfect puppy. And then he came home and we realized that he didn't watch any of those videos and it, it was a problem. <laughs> so yeah, you know, your playbook is great, but if you don't give it to your customer, then, then maybe there has to be something in addition to that. Well, I want to go here for just a quick second before we take another break. And that is what you guys both, what you both just said is really good. And, and I'm thinking musically about someone who plays in an orchestra and they have the sheet music in front of them and it, and it's scripted and you, you, the conductor is waving the wand and everything is in time and it points to this section. It's time for them to play their solo. So you're playing what's on the sheet music and things like that. And then you go to a club and you hear jazz musicians and they're all improvising. You don't see a piece of sheet music anywhere and they're just jamming. They're just improvising. They're just, as they call it, riffing, you know, and, and there's no structure to it. It's like, um, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's play Atlanta blues. And then they go one, two, three, four. And then, then they're off playing. No, they, you know, they probably never talked about it. It's like, Oh yeah, we know that. And we'll just, we'll just go off riffing on that. I wonder if, and, and, let me, let me ask you guys this. I wonder in my mind, Brittany, if I would have said to you and David as, as well too, I'm going to take your play. I'm going to take your processes and I'm going to throw a piece of sheet music in there. You've never played, or I'm going to throw something in here. You've never done in, in your sales career. How would you guys have, have sold through that and continued to incorporate what you did really well into the improvisation that customers can bring to the party a lot of times. I, I hope I asked that question well. It's I get it. I get it. Uh I can answer that to say I would handle it differently at the different phases of my um, sales development. Okay, so at the start, I would have been, I would have panicked if uh, if you if you took me off script, if you took me if you introduced something else, I would have gone no 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 that's not that's not what I've learned that's 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 not right. <laughs> uh, but now that I have developed more as a salesperson, developed more as a leader, I've understood that um, improvisation is so necessary because our clients force it onto us. Okay. And, um, and when you're talking about the sheet music or the difference between like a classical orchestra and a jazz band who just gets up there and does it, the honest answer is neither of them are right and neither of them are wrong. It comes down to your audience and how they want to absorb the performance. You're going to have people who like structure and you're going to have people who just want to get out and dance or have a good time. So how I would do that now, I'll actually tie this back to David, was it you who posted on LinkedIn within the last 24 hours or so about the concept of understanding and memorizing? Was that, was that, yeah. I think it was. That, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Right. Smart man. David said, would you prefer to understand or would you prefer to memorize? And I said, I would like to understand first and then memorize. That's what works for me. Awesome. David, same question to you before we take another break. The, 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 the improvisation inside a process. Well, I think that's it right there, right? You know, I'm, I'm not a musician, so I apologize if anyone's listening and knows what the heck, you know, they're actually talking about with respect to music. But when I hear the jazz analogy, what, what comes to my mind is the only reason that works 
is that the individual performers know their instrument. They understand music. They, they understand all the things they need to understand to be able to come into that environment and improvise, right? If you took me off the street and put me in that situation, <laughs> that would just be horrible for everybody, right? But so, and you could say the same thing about sports. You know, there is a play, American football, that's the sport that I enjoy. Apologies if that's not something familiar to you. But, you know, in the middle of the play, something strange happens. Somebody drops the ball or something weird happens and you improvise. And those people who are good at improvising in those situations are those who have studied their craft and who have taken care of themselves as a vehicle for expressing that craft. And so I think the playbook is still valuable. It's like a script is valuable. You, if you're not sure what to do or how to do it, then having these kind of aids or guides or suggestions is really helpful. And then after you execute enough times, you begin to understand, well, this is how it's supposed to work and this is how it's supposed to feel and this is who I am and I've studied it and I've had these experiences. And in that context, when something when some piece of sheet music that you've never seen gets put in front of you, it's not that big a deal. My dad used to always say that, uh, the, you know, you, you could take a piece of sheet music and put it in front of a professional musician and they would just play it. And it's because they understand their craft. And I think that's the difference. And there is a place for scripting, structures, playbooks, coaching, methodologies, technique, tactic. All that stuff's important to help bring someone to a place where they can improvise effectively. That's great stuff. Let's step aside, take a quick break. Back in just a moment here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email. And I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Guys, I wish we could go a ton longer, but we've we've got the clock to consider here. I love what you guys have said. I want us to finish out this conversation. David, share with salespeople out there your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for these folks right now. I, I think if you're struggling in sales and you're looking for encouragement, I, I think the biggest piece of encouragement you should you should try and embrace is there's a lot of people that have figured this out. 
You know, there's just a lot of people that have figured this out. It is something that you can do. There is no magic sales personality. There is no magic script. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some time, like with the, the, the previous question about understanding your craft and, and, and working hard so that you can become a vehicle for expressing your craft. It's going to take some time and some work, but lots of people have figured this out. And if you apply yourself, you absolutely can succeed at sales, full stop. I love it. Brittany, what's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for salespeople out there? It comes back to something I said much earlier on in this conversation about staying connected with your customers. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of emphasis on generating new leads, filling your pipeline and, and making sure that we've got so many more people to have conversations with. Uh, and I think that uh, if anything has taught us in the last 12 months, it's about really being true to the people who have already expressed interest in what we have to do they know who you are they know what you offer uh, but for whatever reason they haven't yet taken that step with you so instead of chasing new customers my suggestion is to look after the ones you've already got the ones that are sitting there as part of your database we need to nurture them uh, and look after them support them and guide them one step closer to their buying decision because it's all about recognizing that we have something to offer uh, that is valuable to these people so we want to be the ones to share that with them so follow up follow up follow up follow up follow up is what i will always 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 uh, promote as a salesperson because that's how you learn more about your customers in general and you learn more about making sure that the offer you present is going to solve their problems and be the right fit for them so shameless promotion if you're looking for ways to understand how to stay connected with your database download your free copy of database to dollars at tiktoksales.com.au forward slash book Thank you. But that's that's why. That's why I wrote the book, because we need to stay connected with our existing customers and transform those prospects into paying customers. Bravo. Good. Well done, Brittany. I mean, and I see if you're watching on YouTube. As well. well, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube. David is grinning from ear to ear. We are just in awe of the shameless plug that Brittany just dropped. So effort. It was just like, it was so effortless, Brittany. He was like, well, if you're going to do this, and by the way, here's my book. It was just so effortless. I love it. Brittany Baldwin, connect with her on LinkedIn at Brittany Baldwin, B-A, Brittany with two T. So let me spell it. B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-B-A-L-D-W-I-N, connect with her. Connect with David Massover, D-A-V-I-D-M-A-S-O-V-E-R. Connect with him on LinkedIn. And uh, two of my favorite people on the planet, one in Budapest, Hungary, the other in Australia, right? Out, forget, you're right outside of Sydney, right? In Australia, Brittany? Brisbane. I'm on the Gold Coast. Brisbane. Sure. Do you think there's confusion? I'm in West Virginia. I mean, I, we're geographic. We're, I'm, I'm from West Virginia. We're geographically challenged. You work with what you have. But uh, no, two of my favorite people on the planet, they're dear friends, and I am so grateful. Thank you both for joining us today on this special Intentional Encourager Roundtable edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks. This was fun.
My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, and anytime, any place can be an intentional encourager.